Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight local people and organizations that are doing great things in our community and making a difference in the lives of others. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker. So today's show is about Vinny and Jean. No, it's not a new sitcom on TV. It's actually about two people who have made a huge impact in the lives of others, which is what the show is all about. So when you hear the name Vinny, what do you think of? If you love TV and movies, maybe you think of Vinny Barbarino from Welcome Back, Cotter. And I understand I'm aging myself in that reference. Um, what about uh, Vince Vaughn or Vincent Price? If you're an artist, maybe it's Vincent Van Gogh. If your interest is music, Vince Gill. Or there's actually somebody named Vinny Vincent, who was a member of the band Kiss for a short time. If sports is your thing, and we do live in Wisconsin, so I would hope that Vince Lombardi would easily come to mind, or maybe you're a Vinny Testaverde fan. But what if your passion, your focus, is philanthropy and helping others? Who might you think of then? My first guests today are Deborah Dusky, Executive Director of the St. Vincent de Paul Society of Milwaukee, and Penny Krafcek, Board of Director Presidents. St. Vincent de Paul was a French Catholic priest born in 1581 who dedicated himself to serving the poor. St. Vincent de Paul, or St. Vinny's, as it's affectionately called by some, promotes human dignity and integrity and is concerned with not only relieving need, but also addressing the situations that cause it. So welcome to the show today, ladies. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I asked in the opening of the show if people were interested in philanthropy and helping others, what Vinny might they think of? I would like to think that many people would come up with St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, we like to get people thinking when we kick off the show. But if for some strange reason someone isn't familiar with St. Vincent de Paul Society, can you give us a little history lesson? Absolutely. Thank you, Jill. We want to thank you so much for allowing us to come today and share our story. I can tell you a little about St. Vincent de Paul. Um, it's an organization that started in Paris, France in 1833 by a 20-year-old college student and six of his friends who attended the Sorbonne. This was a time after the French Revolution of strife and rebellion, and he was gathered with a group of friends and others debating, and they challenged him to say, what are you doing to help the poor in the streets of Paris? Uh, and they were cut to the core because this really got to them, and they said, we need to put our faith into action. And they started going out and making home visits to the poor in the community and helping them uh, with one-on-one -on -one home visits and helping them with basic needs. At this time, um, they took as their patron St. Vincent de Paul, who did live in the 1600s and was a well-known saint of Christian charity. He was a great organizer, and he started many programs to help the poor. The society spread quite quickly, and uh, it came by 1845. It was in the United States in St. Louis. 
Four years after arriving in the United States, 1849, the first group, which is called a conference, met in downtown Milwaukee at St. Peter's Church on Christmas Eve. And this was just one year after Wisconsin became a state. The, the St. Vincent and Paul groups grew quickly throughout Milwaukee. And today we have over 639 members associated with 44 Catholic parishes and one at a meal program. And worldwide, we have 800,000 members in 154 countries today. Our members are called Vincentians. I, I bet most people don't even know that history. I mean, I certainly didn't know that it goes back that far. And it's, it's an interesting story of why St. Vincent de Paul Society of Milwaukee got started. But it's not only Milwaukee, like you said, right? It's all, it's all over. It's global. So that's, that's interesting. And you said the members are called Vincentians? Yes, after Vincent, yes. Okay, okay. I remember when you first used that word, I was like, say that again, what is that? Yes. Okay, so members are Vincentians. Okay. Correct. So what is the actual mission and vision at St. Vincent de Paul? The mission is that we are a network of friends inspired by gospel values, growing in holiness and building a more just world through personal relationships with and service to people in need. Locally, we've shortened this to say that we want to eliminate hunger and poverty in our community. As such, we provide person-to-person service to the most vulnerable in the communities uh, throughout Milwaukee County. Um, And we really also focus on three essential elements, which are spirituality, friendship, and service to those in need. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Those are wonderful missions and and a great vision. Um, We're big on knowing your resources and then sharing those resources with others. Many people are familiar with your thrift stores, but I don't think people are familiar with some of the other things that you offer. And St. Vincent de Paul offers so much more, right? Can you elaborate yes. on other things? Absolutely. Uh, I, I myself also was only familiar with the thrift stores before I started working for St. Vincent de Paul. Really, the heart and soul of St. Vincent de Paul are our individual members, which we call Vincentians. Um, and we have 45 of these groups. As I said, we have 639 members around Milwaukee. And they make home visits to people in need. This is what a lot of people don't know. We have a centralized number. People can call for help. And then we send out referrals and ask our members to make home visits. They do this in pairs. Uh, they visit people. They get their own resources financially. And then they assist people. Although our neighbors don't need to pay for that, our volunteers do buy items for them, such as new beds, household goods, clothing, food. There, it's really said that there is no... Um, act of charity that is foreign to the society. We also have our two meal programs, two meal sites, free nightly meal program. We have one on the north side and one on the south side. Uh, The one on the south side has been going since 1981. We normally serve about 200 people at the south side, 100 at the north side. Um, And right now we're doing um, hot box to go meals. And we also have a, a shower program at our south side meal site where homeless or people in need of a shower can come. And then again, um, we have a new program that's starting this year in September called Back to Work, which is a program where we will work with two collaborative partners to help people 
get a job and keep a job in the trades. Oh, that's, that's much needed right about now, right? Um, yes. And, and we said that so many people are familiar with the thrift stores. Now, you mentioned two thrift stores, um, but there's, I, I want to say that they're dotted all over the city, aren't they? There's not just the two of them. Well, we just, yes, we have two um, St. Vincent and Paul thrift stores. There are other thrift stores throughout the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Um, most places that have St. Vincent and Paul also have a thrift store. And that's for budget-conscious shoppers. And also, by people purchasing items there, we can promote and um, support our programs to help people in need throughout the community. Okay, so let's just reiterate that because I think it's important. The uh, Neighbors Helping Neighbors program, um, if someone is interested in, in helping with that or wants to be a recipient of that, do they just reach out on your website? Do they call a particular number? Yes, they can do both. Um, we do have our website, which uh, we have is you know, www.svdpmilw.org. And, and we have our main number in Milwaukee. Um, and we, they can get access to us that way. And we do have staff who will uh, refer them to a St. Vincent and Paul volunteer group in their area. Okay, and then you have the free nightly meal program, one on the north side, one on the south side. So anybody can just show up there who is in need of a meal? Yes, they can. Anytime, those, those uh, right now they're serving starting from 4 to 6.30 uh, nightly. Our north side program is Monday through Friday. Our south side program is Sunday through Friday. Um, and also, if people want to volunteer, they can also access uh, by calling the number or on our website. We do have a way to access how to volunteer or to donate. We're always in need of donations. Sure. And then if, if uh, somebody is in need of a shower, you mentioned that. So they can come in and get a shower and a meal. Yes. Normally, although right now, because of COVID, um, they're not able to. Um, because we um, are still protective of um, the environment there. So we will be letting people know when that's reopened for showers. Okay. All right. And then the back to work program is another one that you have. And then the thrift stores. So lots of things going on uh, at St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned because when we return, we're going to learn more about future growth with this organization that's making a great impact across our city and beyond. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Deborah Dusky and Penny Kraftcheck from the St. Vincent de Paul Society of Milwaukee. So St. Vincent de Paul is doing great things for our community and all across America, as Deb was uh, talking about in the prior segment. How do you see St. Vincent de Paul growing in the future? That's a good question, and I think we will always be here especially now I've seen our members have are, are so willing to adapt services and they're flexible uh, in the delivery of these services during a time when, when people in our community so desperately need our help. 
we used to say, well, it would be nice if we could go out of business, but we don't believe that because our members all want to put their faith into action. And we really see that we are a critical beacon of hope and health for years to come in the future. So we see people wanting to join our ranks. More people are trying to volunteer to help us and we are happy to welcome them. And so we see a strong growth in the future for our membership and volunteers. Well, and I'll just jump in with the fact that as board president, um, we see the need for growth. We see the need for more people to have the services we can provide. So we actually have a committee called Growth and Revitalization to to boost up our members, to widen our impact on everything, and to give people the same uh, feeling of, of reward that I have. I am a Vincentian, I belong to a conference, and Our conference serves the south side where there are many closed parishes because of financial resources or aging members. And I knew what being poor was, but I really never saw poverty until we started to reach out to these areas and to go into a home where they're proud to show us their home, but there's nothing in it. There's not a bed, there's just bare floor. So we can make a difference for those people. We can help them, we can give them a good night's sleep and give them the dignity that they need to continue to be proud of where they live. And that's so critical, right? I mean, scripture tells us faith without action is dead. So we we want to know, or I assume people will want to know how can they get involved if they want to be a Vincentian or if they just want to donate? You know, what are some of the different ways that people can get involved or volunteer or help in your efforts? Well, we're always looking for people to be a new member. Um, you don't necessarily have to be Catholic to be a member. Um, we have associate members who support our conferences and work with us. Um, Donations are always necessary. Our stores now need donations of furniture because many people are still moving around. They're still coming from other states into our city and there's no furniture. So this is something we provide for them. And like Deb said, at no cost. I mean, we as a conference pick up the cost of that. So it's it's a necessity. We always need um, in-kind donations. We need monetary donations. We're just like every other nonprofit that that is supported by the people in your community. So, you know, our stores take donations. Our office takes donations. You can make donations through your church. I know our church is very supportive of St. Vincent de Paul because we let them know. and. It's sometimes shocking when you tell people that in the house there was just a tattered old blanket on the floor and nobody had a pillow. And when we did that, we received over a hundred blankets and twice as many pillows as we expected. So donations are something, don't hesitate. Like Deb said, go to our website, go to 
the phone and you know call us to make a monetary donation go to the stores to drop things off even towels and and washcloths are something that people need especially shoes as a uh, a bunch of furniture but they have no way of getting it to you guys do you have anybody that goes out to collect furniture or does everything need to be brought to you no we do have we do have pickup okay well that kind of leads me to another question i'm thinking of as far as uh collaboration you know you work with other organizations to accomplish your mission and your vision right you know you you may be working with a moving company to help you bring furniture in Tell us about some of your partnerships. We partner with uh, actually what we have when we go to visit people, we give them a resource sheet. And it's, it's actually a booklet that shows where there's food pantries. We show them where they can go for health care, where they can go even, even to a, a, a situation of legal needs we can refer them there we can refer people to um, a place where they will get help with their rent or we'll refer them for instance i just worked with somebody and i called her landlord for her so that we could make a payment arrangement i contacted we energies with her so she could get on a payment plan and I worked with her um, to get rid of their title loans because that's something we don't want people to fall into in times of desperation to go and try and get some kind of a payday or title loan. So this resource sheets that we give have a numerous places for people to go and to get other resources that we know of. Well, I don't think people really understand, and maybe I'm speaking for others, but I know I certainly didn't understand all the different ways that you guys are, are making an impact and, and reaching out and, and helping people, which is awesome. So kudos to you on that. Uh, I'm curious, have your programs and services been affected by COVID-19? I'm sure they have. How, how have they been? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, it was very impactful. Our stores everything seemed to stop in the middle of March. Our stores were closed and lost revenue that supports our programs. Our stores were closed for about a month and a half. Um, and they're reopened now, but um, with limited hours, donations were huge when they reopened because everyone was at home and found things that they could donate. Um, but they're reopened now. Our meal programs were also closed for a period of time um, and they still haven't gone back to in-service, uh, in, in dining room service. Uh, we're serving now, but we're boxing up hot uh, meals and people come and uh, get those meals and then take them and leave. We miss having in-room, in-dining room, in -dining room uh, meals, but just because of COVID and following protocol, we are doing that now, and as I said, the shower program is not operating at this time, but people can still come to both of our meal sites and, and get meals. Um, also, our home visits, it's a huge part of what we are, um, and most of our membership could not make home visits during that time, but we switched to uh, telephone visits or porch visits or even our food pantries had drive-through food pantries or outdoor food pantries. These services were affected, although 
amazingly, the majority, I think there were all but maybe four or five of our groups that were not providing services for a short period of time. Uh, they all are providing them again. Um, and they found a new way to reach out to people. They're very flexible. So um, it did impact, um, and we are still following that. But it's amazing that they are still helping people in need throughout the community. And as a matter of fact, over the past year, they gave $1.8 million worth of goods and services to the Milwaukee County people in need. Um, and I can tell you that one of our members said, I think that we will run out of money before we will run out of members who will want to go out and help people in need, even during COVID-19. have a story that really impacted you in terms of doing an in-home visit? There, there are so many stories. Um, I think that the biggest one, like I said before, has been helping this girl, her boyfriend, get back on their feet. I mean, we did pay off the payday loan. We did use our resources to to get her the energy assistance and the rent, but she had to do the work. I didn't do it for her. I told her what to do. And I think that's one thing that not only gives them the buy-in, but it gives them the dignity that they've done something. And now she's going to enroll in the back to work program so that she can get a meaningful job. Wonderful. Well, thank you for walking alongside her and, and providing some help and some love, right? You know, some right. love uh, sprinkled in with that as well. Um, she told us that we were the only people that would help her. She called many places and we were the only people that would help her with everything. Wow. Well, what do you hope and either Deb or Penny, I'm curious for your input here. Um, what do you hope people will take away from this interview today? I hope that they will know more about what St. Vincent de Paul is. They will understand, like I said, we recognize people are poor, but there is a lot of poverty. And there is a lot of need for people to, like we talked about, do the donations support us financially, give us and talk us up. You know, if you know somebody or somebody knows somebody or your brother-in-law's family has fallen into, you know, a situation now where nobody's working, that they can call St. Vincent de Paul. Okay. Well, on that note, why don't you give us the phone, the phone number and contact information so people know how they can take that next step and help in some way. Our yes. phone number is 414-462-7837, and our website is www.svdpmilw.org. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you, Deb and Penny, for sharing your passion on, on helping people with the services that you offer at St. Vincent de Paul. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Well, we heard a little teaser uh, about some of the different partnerships that St. Vincent de Paul has. Who is the Jean portion of what I was alluding to at the opening when I was talking about Vinny and Jean? Uh, something to think about uh, during the break here. So stay tuned and we'll hear more after the break. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. So I talked about a pair of guys who are making a big difference in our community, Vinny and Jean are their names. And we heard all about Vinny or St. Vincent de Paul. And now what about Jean? My next guest today is Jessica Lubering. That's right, Jessica, not Jean, <laughs> Executive Director of Father Jean's Help Center. The Help Center was founded by Father Jean Jakubik, who some of you may remember. Father Jean was a local Catholic priest who hosted a show called The Answer is Love. And I remember my mom pulling us aside, making us sit down and listen to that message. Um, his vision for the Help Center was to solicit clean, used clothing and distribute it to the poor free of charge. And for over 40 years, that's exactly what they've been doing. Thank you for joining the conversation today, Jessica. It's a delight to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. So give us a history lesson on Father Gene's Help Center. Well, it's actually interesting that St. Vincent de Paul's story is very similar to the founding of Father Jean's um, in that Father Jean and a group of his friends went to visit a nursing home and uh, had been really called and convicted to do some amount of service to people in need in the community. So they were visiting at a nursing home, uh, met a woman there who was in desperate need for a bathrobe. She says, you know, I got pretty much everything else I need, but I really could use a bathrobe. So Father Gene and his friends reached out their contacts and their networks, and before they knew it, they had 12 bathrobes for her, um, much like the blankets that um, they had at St. Vincent de Paul when they got started, just having this overabundance of outpouring of love from the community. So that really got Father Gene and his friends thinking that maybe there are people who have um, lots of clothes to share and other people in the community who have clothing that they could really uh, use or are in need of clothing. So what if Father Jean's Help Center could really be this place to sit in the middle between those two different groups, that bridge to help connect connect them? So you, your current location is where? So we're located on National between 59th and 60th Streets over in West Allis. We've been here for about 30 years. Okay, and this all started back in the 60s, right? Yep, it was in the late, late 60s and has really just been growing since then. So we've actually been open for over 50 years and uh, recently celebrated that 50-year uh, anniversary of that initial encounter with the lady with the bathrobe. Wow, the milestone, right? And again, I would venture to say that most people did not realize that you've been around as long as you have. Tell us the mission and the vision of the Health Center. Yeah, so the mission of Father Jean's Help Center is to provide dignity through free clothing to people in the greater Milwaukee community. And uh, we envision a transformed community where people have access to free, dignified, clean clothing that makes them feel confident. Well, and we talk about uh, faith in action. We made that reference before. Scripture tells us faith without action is dead. So how do you see Father Jean's Help Center in the context of putting faith into action? There's faith all over the place. Uh, just yesterday, um, a client had asked, hey, do you have a pair of Crocs? I could really use a size seven pair of Crocs. And I had just two days ago been looking for Crocs and I thought I had depleted the entire supply of Crocs of the, in the building. But so many times I just go back there and it's a small prayer and I say, okay, God, 
bring me the Crocs and for this woman. And sure enough, right there on the shelf, I thought I had taken every pair of Crocs from the building to help another client. And there was a pair of Crocs waiting on the shelf. It was just absolutely incredible. And that's happened more than once, or we are in need of uh, plus size clothing for people. And then a massive donation of it gets delivered. Uh, it just incredible how sometimes that reliance and having to say, we need this. And then somehow it comes through our doors. So it's amazing. How, how quickly God responds at times. Sometimes he says, wait, or sometimes he'll say, all right, no. But when <laughs> it's nice when a prayer is sent up and into the heavenlies and it's answered right away. That's, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, Certainly feels like a hug from God in that moment. I'm like, God, you did it again. That is just delightful. Like that's coming through again for this client. How incredible. So it's amazing witness for me. It's just like, wow, so cool. Um, give us an idea of the different services that the center offers. So you have these clothing opportunities for people to, to take advantage of, but what else do you do? Well, it's not just what else do we do. I mean, the clothing is what we do. So we have two different programs that we offer for people. Um, one program that is uh, our original flagship program that our volunteers would create personally styled boxes for clothes based on the amount of donations that we had available. Way before Stitch Fix or Trunk Club or one of those other services started, our volunteers are creating uh, boxes for people. We take the client sizing information and their needs, and then we uh, package it all up into a box. The client comes in and picks it up and then enjoys the clothing that's in there. And recently, we had the opportunity to start a new program, which I'm really excited about, uh, that's been just a completely different way of energizing the center, is that we're also offering a client shopping experience. We renovated about 2,100 square feet of our front room of our facility into a small free store where on an appointment basis, clients can come in and shop and select their own clothes all for free. It's been so wonderful to see the way that clients have been moving in the space to hear them talking to themselves, talking to their friends or family members who come in, imagining all these future possibilities where they can wear this clothes. For example, a woman came in a couple of weeks ago who had been eyeing this pair of khaki pants in the window for uh, for weeks. She said, I've been looking at those khaki pants while the riding on the bus for weeks. And she came in, she made a beeline straight for those khaki pants. And as she shopped around, she I heard her say, oh, I can wear this to church and I can wear this to the beach. Her She was allowing the clothes to be able to speak to her and uh, to imagine these future possibilities for herself of the places she would go and where she would wear them and who she would interact with. And I think that future possibility was so exciting for her. Absolutely. And when I said before, I meant how you uh, provide the clothing. It's not just where people can walk into a store and pick out what they want. You offer different ways to accomplish the same thing. Now, I like my jeans and t-shirt, you know, my comfy clothes, just as much as my dress up professional clothing. But as women, we know that dressing up versus dressing down makes us feel different, right? You talk about the power of clothing to change people's lives. Do you want to elaborate on that? Definitely. There's this term that has recently come out, and I've been come attuned to it since starting here at Father Jeans, is um, this concept of enclosed cognition, which means that essentially simply is that what we wear affects how we see ourselves and the way, what way we're able to interact with the world. Uh, clothes are almost like a super suit, the way, you know, uh, superheroes might wear their specific cape. And if we saw other clothing that we wear in our day-to-day -day lives, 
as a set, a, a super suit that gives us almost the subliminal powers that enables us to um, accomplish different tasks in a day to achieve achieve goals like going to work and making payments and, and doing all those things that we all have to do in life. But what if we saw our clothing that we wear as that super suit that helps us to think about ourselves in a more confident way so that we're able to accomplish those tasks with a little bit more pep in our step. For example, I am wearing what I wore today. I thought very intentionally, like I've had this interview today. I want to make sure that I am wearing something that I feel really confident in, something that energizes me. So that way when I go into this interview, I'm the best version of myself that I can be. And I think if we, when our clients might, be ha might have other challenges that come in facing them, thinking about all the things that people who are living in poverty uh, carry in a day-to-day -day basis, if clothing is something that maybe they didn't have to worry about, they, it would be able to um, ferry them through the day with a lot more energy and not worrying about as much of what, how they present themselves to the world, seeing themselves in a really positive light, not as someone who's poor and in need and destitute and, and is limited. It helps us scare our heads higher. Yeah, and it's relatively easy to manage, right? I mean, we're talking clothing. So, you know, people can dig deep in their closets and, and pull out things that they may not have worn in the last year and give them to a place that could really use it and really change, change the life of, of someone. We pair organizations together for the show that complement each other in some way, whether that's through serving the same population, sharing volunteers or board members, or collaborating. So stay tuned to hear from Jessica about how they partner with other organizations for the best possible service offer others. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Bill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Jessica Lubering, Executive Director of Father Jean's Help Center. So collaboration, so important for success, right? Uh, we heard of some of that with how St. Vincent de Paul is, is working with some partners. Um, so we know that you collaborate, Jessica, with St. Vinny's, but who else do you partner with to give the community and its members the best possible service you can? So we're a relatively small organization. We're primarily run by volunteers. I'm the only full-time staff person here, and so that means we can't be everything to everyone. So we rely on partners like St. Vincent de Paul for helping clients with those other things that we know that people need, but just are outside of our capacity and scope to be able to provide them. So I make tons of referrals to St. Vinny's for, for furniture and for beds, for household items, they're a great partner in that way. And it's so such a relief to know that they have all of those items and can have a structure in place to help people with it. On the other hand, we also partner with agencies um, who work with clients in a more intentional way. For example, different drug and alcohol um, agencies, uh, people who are working with folks with different mental health limitations, and we partner with them to help provide clothing to their clients. So a social worker or a case manager might call us and say, hey, I have this client, they are in desperate need of clothes, and perhaps they're working in on drug and alcohol recovery, which is great because if clothing and having needing clothing and having clothing is a barrier for their recovery, then we, it's nice that we can provide that into partnership that 
It helps expand our mission and also helps them to accomplish their missions and goals of being able to serve their clients to help them on that road to recovery. When we partner with eight different agencies, we are helping to expand their mission as well as expand our mission. The caseworker is able to accomplish their goal more successfully of helping their client on their road to recovery, and we're helping serve people who, in a different way, who have needs that we perhaps can't help provide. Because like I said, we're a small organization, can't be everything to everyone. We also partner with a couple of other different agencies. For example, recently Matt Talbot Agency and I got together and said, hey, why don't we create a small clothing closet at Matt Talbot so they have a supply of clothes to help their clients immediately when they come in and don't have to necessarily wait on making a referral to us for those clothing items. That's been a really neat partnership and we're excited to see how that partnership can continue to grow. The River West Food Pantry has been another great partner. They have been making several referrals to some of some of their clients to us recently, as well as the Nextdoor Foundation is kind of a new partner that we've recently started working with. We have corporate partners as well. We receive clothing and clothing related items from companies like Bomba Socks, which is does a buy one, give one sort of uh, program where they're able to, when people buy a pair of socks, they're able to give a pair to an organization that serves clients like we do. Um, that's been a, such a great partnership to be able to offer someone a brand new pair of socks. There is just something about slipping on a pair of new socks, never worn, because nice to put on a fresh pair of socks. Right. And actually, we did that. Uh, all the employees at Ellen Becker received Bamba socks and with the idea uh, or with a little note telling us that they were also a pair was donated. So that's a great program. Stand uh, Fit for Your Feet has been another great community partner for us. They're a wonderful local organization. Um, the, in the February, they do a collection of shoes and get you get a discount when you bring in a pair of shoes. And throughout the year, they're able to distribute those used shoes to folks in the community. They also do sometimes contributions of new pairs of shoes. And recently, we just got this big box of these sassy, bright, cherry red shoes, like really, really vibrant. And it's been so fun getting to show people those. I'm like, I don't have tennis shoes in your size, but I do have these really sassy, sassy dress shoes if you'd like them. And it's just been so fun. People have been really delighted by finding those shoes. Now, can people just, can they just walk in your doors and, and start shopping or do they have to have a referral? At this time, people don't have to have a referral, but we do try to schedule folks by appointment. Because this is a relatively new program that we're still in the process of growing and uh, figuring out the different procedures for, we are trying to schedule people by an appointment so that way we make sure that we are well-staffed and so that there's not too many people there at any one time to ensure that everyone has an opportunity to have a positive shopping experience. Some clients take need a little bit more help finding certain items for themselves or a family member and so then we have to go check in the back which does take more time and we want to make sure we have the opportunity to do that for all of our clients. To We do try and be super, as generous as possible for people but we want to try and do that for, for anyone rather than just serving one or two people super deeply we want to say, how can we serve as many people as possible, as deeply as possible, as thoroughly as possible? So everyone leaves feeling this sense of dignity and the sense of um, 
pride in themselves and what they have found and feel like they've been really well taken care of. Almost when you go to a, a fancy store that where they offer you lemon water when you first walk in, I always feel so, so taken care of when I go in there and they're just offering me this. I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to buy anything. And I, they offer me lemon water and I'm trying to offer that same sense of hospitality for our, our clients and folks who walk in that that in the winter time, I hope to be able to offer a cup of coffee and say, hey, you want a coffee and a granola bar? Just because you're a human being right. and doesn't like coffee when it's cold outside, something warm to wrap your hands around. Absolutely. You're giving in many, many more ways than you think. Uh, and you, you talk about this program being uh, somewhat new. How do you see Father Gene's Help Center growing then in the future? Definitely there's opportunities for expanding the hours that we're serving people. Right now, uh, we're kind of limited on the hours we're able to offer services because we're mostly volunteer run. Um, so hopefully we'll be, as we continue to expand our volunteer core, then we'll be able to offer additional hours. Um, it's wonderful. It's like a spigot almost. It's like you turn it on when you're available and you turn it off when you're not. So um, if we had folks who are interested in getting involved, that'd be a way to to help us serve more people. Other ways that we can grow are, I envision us having a sprinter van that we just pack full of clothes and drive around the city and find these little pockets of neighborhoods where we can say, oh, kind of like the ice cream truck, but be like, hey, the clothes is here, maybe not shouting, but just uh, coming on a regular basis, uh, stopping to deliver clothes. So our location is way out here in West Dallas, but maybe our clients are coming from the city. And so how do we get out to them recognizing that they might have transportation limitations and to, to get closer to them, to their communities and serving them in just a different way. I think that's, that's wonderful going, I mean, that one way is for people to come to you. Another is for you to go to the people in what you're doing too. I, I would think that the recipient would feel that, um, that love that you're sending out. So a lot of ways that people can, can get involved. I think the best way for, for people is to go to your website uh, to find out uh, where they can donate, what things that they can donate, but do you have um, specific things that you want to let our audience know about, like in-kind donations or what you do and do not accept so people can get a better idea of that? Definitely. Right now we're focusing on being a really great clothing closet, so we're able to serve folks with the clothing in the best way possible. We are not able to accept um, household items at this time or furniture, um, but we're really emphasizing clothing and clothing related items. The little self check that I try to uh, think of for myself is, could I wear this? So we accept tops and bottoms for men, women, and children in all shapes and sizes. Um, we're always particularly in need of plus size clothes, um, athletic and casual shoes, boys clothes is especially a need, um, and new socks and underwear. And again, those things that people don't or may not realize, uh, the socks and underwear, I know is a big thing. We talk about different organizations that we work with, either through our church or through Ellen Becker here, and that always seems to top the list. Socks and underwear, socks and underwear, and new socks and underwear. Um, so when you're out shopping, just pick up a couple extra of those items and, and donate them. So Jessica, have you guys been affected or how have you been affected by the crisis, by COVID-19? 
We were closed for several months, but that really did help us to uh, regroup. That was the time when actually the construction workers were renovating the front room space. So it affected us at, at least we were able to use that time productively to not have to have a huge impact to our uh, daily operations. We, our daily operations were closed, but it also meant the construction got done. We reopened in June and have been operating pretty much ever since then and have and have seen a surge of donations like St. Vincent de Paul has as well, and i um, very blessed by that as well. Uh, it's definitely affected our uh, core of volunteers. Uh, some of the folks uh, aren't able to rejoin us quite yet just for health reasons and, and concerns, and uh, so that's totally reasonable. And so you want people to know that your doors are open? Our doors are open for clients to come and shop and make an appointment for donors to come and drop off donations also as much as possible by appointment and for volunteers if folks are uh, willing to serve we'd be delighted to have them join our community. Okay, well let us know uh, the contact information telephone number website Facebook page best way to get a hold of you. Awesome. Our phone number is 414258 4357. Our website is www.fathergeneshelp.org and it's spelled out F-A-T-H-E-R-G-E-N-E-S-H-E-L-P.org. I should have made it a little simpler when I had the chance, but alas, that's the one we have for now. So there you go. And I think if they just Google Father Gene, they probably would get to you, right? Probably so. Okay. Well, thank you for being here today, Jessica, and for continuing Father Jean's mission of giving a basic need of clothing to the people who need it. It was my great pleasure. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about the ways that people and organizations are contributing to making our community successful, prosperous, and philanthropic-minded. You can tune in either on AM 1130 on the radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app, or you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And you can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. So I challenge everyone, write your own story. Write your own story of how you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Think in terms of an ROTI, return on time invested in others, and then share it. Not with prideful intentions, but with the hope of creating a spark or a desire in others to do the same. Take a lesson from St. Vincent de Paul or Father Jean Jakubic and strive to have a servant heart and have impact on one person or a group of people, locally, nationally, or even globally. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great day.